Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox. Hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, Good Guys Wear Black, and this is the Good Guys Talk Back podcast, episode 115, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Recording just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. I am Nick Morowski, and we are so happy to have you along. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast. Simply subscribe, pass it along to other Sox fans, and you can always find us on the ShyCitySports.com site. Uh, there's also some very comfortable, very affordable Good Guys Talk Back t-shirts uh, there. Uh we got a lot to get to here uh, as we are a few days away from, uh, I guess, the second half of the season starting up, Act 2, if you will, uh, with Houston coming to town. I'm going to bring in my co-host, uh, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. Nick, it is good to talk to you. It's good to be on an all-star break, although I, I, I find myself you know, just kind of lost over the last couple of days. You know, I've become so consumed with our, our White Sox. I had no idea that the Stanley Cup finals had concluded. And I, if you would have asked me three days ago who was in the NBA finals, I couldn't have told you. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. I'm just a bad sports fan these days, or maybe I've just become so obsessed with the Chicago White Sox and baseball that uh, that I, I'm laser focused. And that yeah. when they're not on and it's not happening, uh, I don't know what the hell to do with myself. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Um, years ago, I felt like I was able to balance the sports uh, that were happening around pretty well, nationally, locally. Um, but definitely since we've been doing this podcast three, four years ago, uh, and, and the White Sox have always been my lane. You know, I, there's folks that are, you know, the, the, it's the Bears and then White Sox are second or, or Hawks and, and, and Sox are second. And uh, the, the Sox have always been, you know, my team uh, in Chicago. And I agree with you, man. Um, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm in this this bubble here, this White Sox bubble and have been. Um, yeah, I, I can't tell you, you know, I couldn't tell you where the series was with the Stanley Cup. And uh, I, I, I've caught I've been I've caught up a little bit with the NBA finals, but I have no real interest in it, you know, because I'm more concerned about the second half of the Sox season. That is more interesting, and and I can tell when you're bored when you're taking pictures of your obscure bobbleheads and posting. Them oh man, social I, I, media. Well, yeah, well, that's what I was doing um, over the last couple of days is reorganizing some things down here in the basement, and I'm like, man, I got all these odd. I got Andrew Jones bobblehead, Esteban Loiza, Jake Peavy, Nick Swisher. Those all need to be in like a bizarre shelf of you know misfits uh the land of misfits so to speak um, oh the island of misfit toys yeah. maybe mm-hmm. santa will come this year and take them to a, a home and a family that really wants them well a, a guy that i'm so glad never got a bobblehead but who has now has a home is adam eaton speaking of misfits uh, the angels have given this gentleman a home oh um, really yeah uh, for, yeah for what reason uh <laughs> i just think they want him on the team somehow i i don't get it but he has got second life with so, the Angels. so is he going to be living in like on joe madden's like cruiser bus and drinking his wine or is he like the personal uh wine opener or or t-shirt maker for joe madden 
No, I think he's on the team. I oh, he's going to be on the team. He's going to ah, be on the team. That's an interesting yeah, he's concept. actually, he's actually, they actually want him to play. Um, awesome. So uh, we'll see how that goes when he comes into town uh, in mid-September. Uh, let's talk all-star game, but first let's remind everybody uh, the Sox are 54 and 35, eight games up on Cleveland with a plus 117 run diff. Uh Great stuff. I mean, we haven't been in this situation in many, many years. Um, uh, you and I, uh, you know, we we teased a little bit that we might not consume a lot of the home run derby and all star game, but I think uh, I think we did more than we thought. Um, home run derby was pretty damn exciting. Uh, yeah, man, uh, Pete Alonso, good lord, he was built for the home run derby. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. just built for it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I do like, and I know they've done this now the last uh, couple of years, obviously not last year with not having one, but they've implemented the, the clock, which I think is cool, yep. but it's it, it, it's detrimental at the same time because these poor camera guys don't know what the hell to do. They're, they're yeah. trying to, they're trying to the camera, like from, from center field to get the pitch and then you cut away and you watch one fly and then he's, he's swinging at the next pitch before they cut back and they're like, boom, boom, boom. It's like a ping pong table. So I like the, I like the rapid fire, uh, you know, in the pace of it and it keeps it fun and inter interesting, but I, I felt a little bit seasick watching <laughs> honestly, because you, you like couldn't focus. It's like, there's a ball going out and then there's back to the before it even lands so yeah uh, that was the interesting part but yeah i was i was intrigued to the point where i was listening to it on the radio oh in wow the car. yeah for you yeah so this is pat just you know flip-flopping around here i i say that I'm, i don't care and was chris berman on the radio because he was nowhere no, to be found no. on the, on the telecast boog shambi oh, was sure. released from his marquee shackles uh -huh. and he was allowed to uh to do that with chris singleton uh -huh. of all the ex white Sox, Chris Singleton. Talk about misfits. Uh, yeah, so there. Wow. So, so you got to do. If you have a Chris Singleton bobblehead, next no, I don't think. Uh, no, I, I don't have one of those. Uh, he was uh, Chris Singleton had a had a year maybe with Ed Farmer. I think years ago. I think you're. I think you're spot on. Gosh, with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's not bad. I mean, he, I'll tell you what. He is. Uh, he, he's a. He's a good listen. I would. Hmm. I would enjoy a Chris Singleton uh, as a color guy. Not a, no problem with him. Should they have stuck with Singleton instead of DJ? Or are you saying? Well, that, I, yeah. it's not on the agenda today, Nick. Oh, uh, yo, go okay. down that road. I don't want to. I don't want to offend any of the DJ uh, people um, that are out there. But they're out there. Uh, so the home run derby, if you haven't watched in a couple of years, boy, you got to get caught up to speed because there is uh, you get extra time if you hit one over what four seventy five, yeah. and like mm -hmm. you said. Uh, there's the clock and there's an umpire back by the catcher giving the pitcher the signal of when he can start throwing again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a whole thing. Now, the the camera, you're talking about the cameraman. Now, follow the kids that are out there shagging balls because that oh. sometimes is the more enjoyable part. They are running into each other. They are cartwheeling trying to make it. I don't know what the auditions were like to get out there in the outfield, but I'm questioning if some of those, you know, if they knew what they were getting themselves into, by the way, you uh, know what, you know what they needed, you know what they should do, Nick is just have it all be Jesse white tumblers out there. Yeah. And just to have the people just doing all these cool backflips and catching balls. That would be cool. Did you see somebody got hurt? Someone got hurt. Yeah. And, and they had to pause. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I, don't know, I hope that person is, is okay. But I mean, 
get the damn card out there for the person. It, it yeah. took quite a while for them to, to now, drag and that, him off. And that, and that I think Alonzo was up at the time. It didn't ruin his his oh, crew. He didn't, care. Uh, he didn't no. care. He's just bebopping and skedaddling. And around. It sounds like he's ready for you know to, to defend it one more year. Now, of the of the sacks guys you can think of, you know, right now, uh, do you want to see maybe Aloy or Robert take on this? Your meeting was joking around at the beginning of the year. Well, maybe he was serious, but I think it was it ended up being a huge joke that he wanted to he wanted to compete in this. I could see Aloy doing really well in the home run derby. I see I could see him doing well as well, but again, do you don't want to see it. No, Aloy, no. just put him in the in the Popemobile and drive him <laughs> around from place to place. He's going to be an all-star. Like let's like let's not kid ourselves. He is going to be an all-star. Uh he will be at the game. Robert's going to be an all-star in the next few years. Um I you know with all maybe it's just because of these this rash of injuries, man. Um I just don't want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, we'll talk about the game itself, but hey, the Derby was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good for baseball. Um, the game itself, AL uh, continues its winning streak, five to two over the NL. Um, Lynn gave you a scoreless inning. Um, uh, Hendricks. Uh, comes in in the ninth and gives you a scoreless, uh, entertaining inning because they decided to mic him up, which was the dumbest idea. Uh, uh, T.A. got into the field uh, but did not see an at-bat. We'll get to that in a second. And Rodon did not pitch. I don't know if that was a directive from the White Sox to Kevin uh, to Cash saying, hey, uh, don't pitch this guy because we're going to reshuffle our lineup and we'd like him starting against Houston. But that's all just guessing at, at, on, on me, but yeah. it would have, it would have been nice to see Rodan. Um, one of the, one of the great stories of baseball this year, but uh, there could be a greater purpose. Uh, TA not getting a bat. I was pretty upset with. Yeah, that's too bad. He comes in, I think it was in the eighth inning and he, and he's yeah. playing, uh, playing in the field. And then, you know, I think he was on deck and missed his opportunity, but you know, I, part of me, you can't figure out a way to get everybody in a bat. You're, you're a manager in, in, in baseball and you can't figure out how to, I understand you want to win. And, and it goes back to the, the league pride and you don't want, and, and of, of all the all-star games of baseball is the best all-star game of any other sport because people actually do try. I mean, you can tell people have an effort out there and there's a level of, of high quality play given, you know, you, you can tell because it's a five, two game. You could tell if people weren't trying, if it was, you know, 15 to 18 and things like that. So um, yeah, I, th- I think that you can still find a way though, to make sure everybody gets at least in a bat. I mean, how hard well, can that be? It's for it, exactly. I agree with you, but it's also to the point of get your young, bright stars on TV, mm-hmm. get, get them some exposure. Yeah. And, you know, TA is, is on a video game. It seems like MLB wants TA to be a face of the league. You, mm-hmm. You've seen him in some commercials. You know, the Sox are going to be playing the, the Yankees in the Field of Dream game. You got to think that T.A. has something to do with that uh, as the Sox were chosen. Um, you know, I, you, you think MLB would say something to Cash like, hey, get this guy. Make sure this guy swings. We want to see this guy get in at bat. This guy's the future of, of Major League Baseball. And 
you know, a TA kind of jokingly said, you know, I, I'm going to remember that, you know, when we, when we go to Tampa and we play uh, the Rays in mid August, I'm going to remember that he can, you know, he said it with a smile and he's joking, but I think there's some truth to it. Yeah. I think he, I think he feels slighted a little bit. I mean, do you feel it was disrespectful at all? Or do you think, uh, I don't know that kind of part of it. I don't know if it was a purposeful thing or a disrespectful type of thing. I just think it was a gaffe. I think it was a, a dumb yeah. thing by by that by Kevin Cash and the rest of the the coaches. I mean, come yeah. on. You're you got one job as as the manager of an all-star team. It's one get get pitchers in and and just like you talked about before with Rodon. If you have managers telling you can if you can hold this guy back or not pitch him, you know, I'd appreciate if you couldn't or or you didn't. And you so you do that, right? You got to pitch somebody and you try and uh, heed everybody's uh, request of keeping their guys fresh and not pitching guys if, unless need be. And then you look at, you look at your bench and you go, okay, who's got an at bat? We got through one inning. Some, some guys getting two at bats in an all-star game is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just stupid. Mm-hmm. And I know it's the Shohei Otani show because it's the global play mm-hmm. and, and the same thing with Hendricks. It's the global play. And that's why a lot of those guys got a lot of attention, but my God, you, you can grow, grow your game, you know, domestically as well. And you need to yeah. get guys like Tim Anderson in a bat. Yeah. I mean, Otani got the love for the home run derby uh, and he got the love for starting the all-star game. And he also had a couple at bats. So yeah, I, it's, it's a difficult thing, but you know, you, you got to almost say, okay, who are the stars we want to highlight? And like, let's try to, let's try to set this up for success. Um, so you, you're watching the game, and all of a sudden, uh, Smoltz and, and, and Joe Buck are having conversations with players uh, out on the field, uh, sometimes at bat. Uh, this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, I found it to be very distracting, uh, especially the times that they wanted to do it. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, Hendricks was mic'd up, which whoever's the producer for this situation you know, do a little due diligence. He's the last guy you want to have mic'd up because Hendricks is so animated, very colorful language. Um, and, and he's, and, you know, you heard some of it come through in, in the telecast. Um, and, you know, Hendricks is, is got the earpiece in and Joe Buck in the ninth inning is trying to talk to Hendricks as <laughs> Hendricks is leaning in to get the sign. Uh, Liam, are you there? You're there. You're there, Liam. Liam, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? And, and Liam is like tr- focused in on seeing what, what is he about to do here in the ninth, trying to close this game. I'm like, that is not the time to be talking to a pitcher. <laughs> I, I just find that to be absolutely ridiculous. If you want to talk to him in the field, you know, sitting out there in left field, right field, which they did. Okay. But up, up to bat, they were trying to do that with Nelson Cruz. Did you see that? Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. 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 It was a little bit of that was, over the top, but see, you can experiment with things like that in an all-star game Nick, Cause they're looking for, they're looking for ways to enhance the, the show, right? The broadcast to get people to tune in. Oh man. Did you see how cool that was? They talked to this guy. I can't maybe, maybe Fox has my team coming up. I can't, maybe who are they going to talk to at bat, you know, in a regular season game. And obviously the, like you said, those things, a pitcher or a hitter doesn't really work. Well, you can talk to maybe an outfielder, right? Or, or, or maybe even an infielder, you could talk to those guys, uh, especially during, I, I thought the, the, um, Freeman, you know, the conversation mm-hmm. they had with him at first was interesting. He's good. He's a good character. He has a good personality. They did the same thing with Tatis. I believe I 
I'm not sure I didn't have the sound on at the time. I think maybe they had Bryant mic'd up as oh, well. Oh, that was an interesting one. That that I, was uh, the, the first question they threw to Bryant was, so you had that 11 game losing streak. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that was kind of, that kind of derailed things for the team. How does it feel to kind of be on the trade block? You're probably not going to be playing for that team anymore. I mean, it was a really awkward, you know, Joe Buck throwing things at him that, you know, Bryant took it, I thought in pretty good stride and he's just sitting out there in left field. Like what else has he got to do? But that's your lead lead question Yeah, is about an 11 game losing streak. And the fact that he could be traded at any moment, it was just, you know, I, I think Joe at that time was just like, I, I really want to be done with this, but I have to do this. Yeah, so, probably. So uh, you I know, don't give I, a rip. I, I agree with you. You know, I, I'm not a Joe Buck fan at all. I'm not making excuses for him, but I think there was something in him. I would hope that would say as a broadcaster, okay, this seems ridiculous that we want to do this, even if it's an all-star game, but Hey, what am I going to argue? You know, with Fox, I'm going to argue with my director and producer. Like they want me to do this fine. I will, you know, I will push these questions, but uh, there were parts where it almost seemed like he wasn't even that into it. Yeah. Um, it just was a little off, but uh, I don't know. A- entertaining game. Um, you know, if I hear what, if I heard one more time during that uh, from Smoltz, especially that, Oh boy, if it wasn't for San Francisco, Boston would be the great story in major league baseball this year. They hit that at least three times. Um, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Eight games up. The Sox are eight games up with a with a manager that hasn't managed in eleven years. Seventy six year old guy. The amount of injuries that we've had, you know, I, I, it's a damn good story. Um, well, they I, did they did mention it, I think, briefly when Lynn got in the game, but it was you know as usual with a Sox storyline, it was breezed over pretty quickly. It was yeah, it was Tony the Russo's done a really good job, and uh, and, and the Sox find themselves eight games in front in the Central. And then they moved right on to, I think, back to Shohei Otani because that yeah. was that was, you know, I think Smoltz had to towel himself off, come back into the booth, and it's like we talk about <laughs> Shohei Otani again, and then he's wonderful talent, but my God, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they did talk very little, and, and you know, if I was a Giants fan, I'd say the hell with you guys. You know, you you should be talking about my team. We we weren't. Everybody wanted to talk about the Dodgers and the Padres leading into the season and how wonderful and it, they're going to run away with it. And it's going to be a two team battle. And here we come in and we've you know we're we're better than both of them at this point. Yeah, you, know, you should be talking about us. Don't don't yeah. say oh if it wasn't for them like yeah. disparaging like like let's get back to talking about Boston because we got to talk about Boston all the time. Who gives a rip? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, Sox fans, we, we've discussed this over the years on this podcast, and I know folks listening have talked with friends, family, you know, other other fans at game. We, we don't we don't get the respect in our city, let alone nationally. And and hey, we got to do something, too. You mm-hmm. know, it's you know, we got to get to the playoffs a couple years in a row here, uh, make some noise in the postseason. Uh, but I still think our story this year you know, can be up there, uh, with San Francisco and Boston. Um, well, it should be, and it should be just be purely on the angle of, of how many guys that are, we're supposed to be significant pieces haven't been here the entire year. I, I would imagine, and I would imagine that most San Francisco giants fans wouldn't know the injury situation that the Chicago white Sox have been dealing with. They probably do just like we do go, Oh my God, the giants are doing really well. 
Uh, that's wonderful. I have no idea how they got there. I really don't. I, I don't really care to look into it either. And I'm sure that's how other teams, other fans of other cities look at us. They go, oh, the Sox are doing really good. Well, what if I told you? Nick, what if I told you a 30 for 30 um, that, you know, your left fielder, your center fielder, and your your right fielder, two of them, would be out for the majority of the the first half of the season? And I don't have to go through all this, but well, you know it, the story. Yeah, and uh, every fan should do their due diligence, but most of them don't. Don't They don't want to do that. I, I don't want to necessarily dive into every team. You know, I hear – you know, stuff about Atlanta, what they're going through and, and, you know, other teams, but Mm -hmm. I I would feel like from the broadcasters, that's their job is to kind of give us, fill us in as, as just average viewers of, of what's happening, what's the landscape uh, and the American league teams that are doing well. And they did, you know, they threw up some graphics of, you know, where division leaders were last year compared to this year. Um, Basically, I just want more Sox content. Yeah, that, that's all that is. And can, uh, you, can you get patched in next time to the Fox broadcast? Yeah, and right. Are you getting Joe Buck's ear? Oh, yeah, Talk sure. More White Sox, Joe. <laughs> oh, I love how right. they had the uh, they had the patch from um, going to the uh, to the bullpen. And it sounded like it was, you know, an airplane landing. Like, here's your captain. <laughs> um, it's a very different audio uh, I mean, that, that was interesting. You heard Cash talking about Hendricks getting him up and ready to go. Uh, speaking of uh, LaRusa, speaking of TA, um, you know, they, they do that whole kind of interview, you know, media situation, I think the day before of the All-Star game. And a lot of folks asking TA, you know, what's up with TLR? Uh, how are you guys? How are you guys doing? And, and, and T.A. had some really interesting comments. I'm going to just kind of paraphrase. Uh, you know, he said, Tony puts the team in a pos- position to be successful. He also, um, uh, Tim also referred to him as a legend and asked why someone wouldn't want to learn from him. Um, I don't know. The way Anderson uh, goes about his business and he he really just speaks from the heart. Um, he doesn't pull punches, uh, doesn't hold back. I I feel like that's pretty genuine. I, I think he's really given he's given Tony the credit with maybe without completely saying it. But, hey, this guy, you know, you got to look look at him as to why we are where we are. Yeah. And, and good on Tim for for being a leader and a stand up guy. And that way, whether whether he believes it or not, good, good for you know Tim for doing that, you know, because it could go it could go a different way. You know, if he really maybe maybe he doesn't feel that way. I have no idea. But. He could have skirted the question. It, it I mean, he, yeah, it doesn't do anything positive for the team. It just causes problems. And uh, I, I believe that he's genuine, though. I don't think he would go out there and, and, you know, say what he said without really feeling it. He could have said, yeah, Tony's been great. And then yeah. move on to the next question. So, yeah. Uh, so good. That's yeah. Good let, let, let's talk a little. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the viewership numbers were for the All Star Game. Um, I would imagine they, you know, they plummet. They're probably nowhere near as high as they used to be. But with Otani and everything, they, they might there there might have been a spike this year. I, I do know that numbers for NBC Sports Chicago and, and Sox uh, numbers specifically are up. People view. People are tuning in to watch the Sox team. Um, but Jason Benetti has been on kind of a crusade lately. Um, mm-hmm. He is tired of this remote broadcasting. He wants to travel. Uh, 
Uh, he wants to be on the road, uh, how it should be, uh, broadcasters in the, in the booth calling the game at the stadium. Uh, and if you haven't realized it, folks, uh, Stone and Benetti do not travel. Uh, they are calling road games from an NBC Sports Chicago studio. Casper uh, and DJ do travel. And I, hey, I agree with Benetti 100%. I mean, he is very passionate about this. Stone is passionate. About, you don't get into it if you're not passionate about it. And uh, I do feel like, of course, you're going to get a more genuine uh, broadcast when you're right there in person. But mm-hmm. I guess, you know, the devil's advocate, the flip side of it is, is it doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, NBC Sports Chicago is like, look, people are tuning in. The the ratings are up. They're getting the information that they need to get. Um, What does what difference does it make if if we have you guys travel or not? Do do you know what I mean? But is it an NBC Sports thing or is it a league thing? I think maybe it's a league thing. thing. Maybe it's a league thing. So, you know, what's made. So let's flip it. And then on Major League Baseball and say, okay, if it's not NBC Sports Chicago, defer to MLB. MLB's like, well, hey, look at your numbers. You guys are calling the game. People are getting the information. What do we need to send you on the road for again? Like we figured it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's well, just the other side of it. Yeah, um, it's but we you've noticed, and I've noticed probably during a game when it's on the road, where there's a delay in what the call is because Jason's trying to – probably match a couple camera angles up and watch things and try and call it. And he's making assumptions. There's a lot of times that you can tell that he's making an assumption that maybe somebody's coming around to score when he doesn't know for sure. Cause he can't see it. No denying that. Oh no, I'm, I'm making, not making an argument for like keeping Benetti back uh, in Chicago. I want this guy to travel. I want stone to travel. Um, if he wants that and he knows it's going to be a better product, of course, yeah. want to get him back in. But I could, you know, I could see MLB or NBC Sports Chicago being like, well, what's the difference? You know, and, and how many people are seriously watching every single pitch and every single inning, you know, or they yeah. just got it on TV and they're doing stuff around the house or you know, or, or maybe they're just consuming it on a tablet, you know, and, and just but catching it up that I, way. I've got to look into this, Nick, because I, I believe it's an MLB thing. And I can't understand why you'd let the radio people travel and not the, the TV side of it doesn't make because uh, I, I if I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm sure that the that that uh, Boog Shambi and and whoever their their guy is or at the Cubs, is, yeah. I don't think they travel for, uh, for Marquis. So. I, for whatever reason, I, it's it's a major league baseball thing, but I can't understand why majority of the stadiums have opened up a hundred percent. People are traveling all over the place, and you yeah. know just as well as I do. You've worked through this pandemic. You've worked through using technology. You tell me, did you enjoy the experience? Did you think it, do you think, did you feel like you had a need to get back and do things live and in person again? Yeah, because it's not, uh, it's so difficult to do things through Zoom and remotely. Um, Mm -hmm. You can get the job done. You absolutely can get the job done, but it is not going to be, it does not have that 100% authenticity. And Mm -hmm. of course, I want Benetti and Stone uh, to be back on the road. 
I, yeah, I, I don't get it either. Benetti is definitely, uh, he is making an argument. Uh, yeah. he's, he's kind of, he's been pretty hot and bothered over the last few days. And, and I totally, I mean, I totally get his, uh, argument, but then I'm, then I also get, you know, whoever's making the decision of like, well, if the viewer, if the ratings are still up, then why, ch- like, you know, what's forcing my hand? Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah, I get it. I get that point of it too, but I think we need to, uh, I think we need to summon somebody to make some, uh, free Benetti t-shirts. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people on uh, Saks, Twitter and social media that, um, are, are good at that. That's their, that's their lane. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm sure there's already some silk screening going on and they've got t-shirts that they'll be peddling at the stadium, uh, if the people still do that, people used to do that years ago where you'd be like under the viaducts or you'd be a few blocks away from the park and people would be selling these knockoff sack shirts. They do it a little bit around the uh, sacks uh, or the uh, sacks 35th red line, but mm. not underneath the train, the bridges anymore. Like they used to remember those, uh, this will date me. Uh, not that I've already, you know, dated myself and ever, uh, other episodes, but sacks fan Bartman t-shirts. Did you remember? Oh these? yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard that reference in a oh, while. My, and you yeah. can still find a new Simpsons episode just about every yeah. Sunday night, yeah. If you care to, after forty years, so uh, yeah. that's that's fantastic. Yeah, you can get that uh, with this, and I think the same bag of peanuts from the same same era in time. You know, you can go. Uh, I'll never oh, forget getting save the money, either, save the was, dollar. You can was, get it out <laughs> cheaper here than in the park. I'm pretty sure. Year, I mean, this this is a long long time ago this is probably old old comiskey um we parked uh, west of of the ballpark you know because it was probably cheaper and we <laughs> walked uh, along 35th you know underneath the the train viaduct and someone was peddling Sox fan bartman shirts and i remember uh my brothers and i grabbing a couple of those um oh gosh yeah, yeah, that was a nice so you you're you're your dad i'm sure i'm assuming your dad, dad or somebody, yeah uh, yeah yeah drove you and and got yeah. you a socks yeah Sox fan Bart man. Yeah, shirt. I'm sure yeah. on eBay you could you can find one of those. If and, you can uh, dig that up, yeah, get that out and tweet that out. Yeah. If you can find that, if if your parents are anything like mine, like my mother hasn't thrown anything out ever in her life, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Gosh, if you're listening and if you have one, man, uh, send it our way uh, on Twitter at Good Guys TV. I, I I would love to. I, I'm remembering what it looked like but i gotta i gotta do some research um <laughs> let's let's talk uh fairly current here um so since the last time we recorded uh, there's been some movement with uh Aloy jimenez he uh is in charlotte now uh yeah. so he just he spent a couple games in winston-salem and uh uh off you go to charlotte uh good sign there yeah he's on the fast track nick i think you know in terms of all signs are pointing to get him getting back. I think they, it could be earmarked for that Cleveland series oh, at the boy. end of the month. So that would be nice. Um, that's I, I I think the a, a possibility here. So uh, that's you know just keep the good news coming, right? You know, just yeah. it's it, it's the uh, what go, goes up must come down and vice versa type of thing. So now the second half, I want all good news stuff in terms of people's health. Yeah. So if he's, you know, if he's on his way in the next couple of weeks and uh, it's going to take him some time, sure, to shake off the rust. Um, 
I mean, you know, the lot of lot of again trade rumors circling. Uh, a lot I feel right like now. a lot of crazy trade rumors, crazy stuff, stuff and you know, uh, Smoltz and and uh, Buck talking about it, and uh, Jeff Passan and John Heyman, you know, tweeting things out that there's a majority of players that were playing in the All Star game that most likely are not going to finish with that team, uh, and will be moved in the next few weeks, and. Uh, we talked about the Kimbrel situation um, the last episode, and now I'm hearing today all these rumors about, oh, well, wouldn't the Sox want Baez? Uh, w- w- what about Javi Baez? Uh, and I have no interest in it, Pat. I mean, w- what's your take on, on having ha- Javi Baez on the Sox? It was, uh, I believe it was even the the poll question on Waddle and Sylvie today. Would, would you want Javi Baez, yes or no? Uh, I think I voted yes, but... As a rental, I have, I have no interest in giving up anything for a rental Javi Baez. Um, I, I guess I look at it in terms of, is he better than Danny Mendick? Yeah, he is. Let's be honest with ourselves. If you could plug him in at second base and, and play there the rest of the year, I guess that works. But I don't know if I want, I don't know how that plays with uh, with uh, TLR, with the, uh, not really the, uh, where's the hustle all the time. I don't know if that works really well in this uh, in this culture. And, uh, I don't know about the swing and miss stuff. He's not a big on base percentage type guy. Obviously he's got a lot of flash and a lot of flair and he can get hot and carry a team offensively. But I don't know. I'm, I, I guess if you had to put a gun to my head and said, do you want, <laughs> would you like Javi Baez on your team? I'd say, yes, I'll take it. But tell me what it's going to cost me, I suppose, is, is, is where, where my, that's the, that's the question, man. Well, what's it going to cost Trevor story? What's it going to cost Frazier, Escobar, uh, Baez, you know, you hear Bryant quite a bit and, and the, uh, why I would entertain Bryant is because he's, he can play five positions. I mean, he talked about it in the all-star game, you know, you could put him in the outfield, any position in the outfield, he could play third, he could probably play first, uh, that uh, DH, you know, I mean, you could really mix and match with a guy like Bryant. Um, I, I guess though, then the, the worrisome part is how do you get these guys resigned? Right. Cause I, I don't really, if you're going to trade for a big name like this and you know, again, I rehash my, my, my thought on trades, especially on rental players, you get them in your organization. You have to be really confident with guys that are entering free agency that you can work out a deal. Now, if you get a guy that has two years left on a deal and you've got two years in order to work a long-term deal, then that's, that to me is more interesting. And I think that might be where like a Trevor story is at. Like he, he's got another year. Frazier, I, I believe. Frazier. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Frazier. So he would be more interesting because yeah. I can get him in and I've got that extended amount of time to try and work out a, a long-term deal if that's what you want. Um, but these other guys, I don't think you have the time to do that. And I feel like they're going, I feel like a Javi Baez is going to go to free agency no matter what. Right. And I, I feel like he might look for a fresh start in a different spot type. He just, I, I just feel like that. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I look at a guy, can I get him for more than just this year? And can I, am I confident by talking through the back channels that I have to, that if I bring him in, I can, I can convince him to sign here long-term. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at a Trevor story, it's like, where, what position would he play? Um, would he be forced to second or, or would TA flip, which is, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Do we have guys in our system uh, 
that, you know, another team would like, um, you know, I'm looking at our starting pitchers, for example, right now. And however the re however the shuffling of rotation goes with, maybe we talk about that in a little bit, but you got, uh, Rodon, that's a, it's a home, home product, product of the White Sox. Geo is a Washington product. Cease is a Cubs product. Keiko Houston, Lynn, I believe St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, Kopech, who could be slotted in is a Boston product. So, you know, uh, I don't know who, what kind of pieces do we have? The Sox might not be the, the best at developing starting pitching these days. Um, they, they might, we might have uh, an opportunity to dangle a few of these pieces that maybe we drafted in the last couple drafts, or maybe recently, and say, "Hey, you know, we need we need some guys that can hit." Um, we're getting our pitching in other ways right now. I, I don't know. Maybe they want to flip the script and say, "You know what? We do want some homegrown talent. We need to re-establish our our farm system." Um, and we're not willing to part with guys uh, that that we have that, you know, are attractive to other teams that are trying to build a rotation. It's a, it's a delicate dance. Yeah. And again, I think it also depends on if you're going to bring somebody in, in terms of uh, playing second, let's just say second base, what are you going to do with Nick Madrigal when he comes back? Exactly. You know, so, so is Nick not uh, part of your long-term plans, a guy that is a homegrown guy that you know you've got everything on him you know what he can do for your team and i'm sorry his game can play in this league and he can he can be an on-base guy he can be a guy that hits he's not going to hit for power but i believe in his talent i think his his game plays but do you look at it and go i can take a quick upgrade and i can flip uh, a nick magical i really think that the guy that there that could be slash should be flipped is a jake Berger. And maybe I'll kick myself later on down the line. Maybe two years down the line, I'll go, that was really dumb for me to say that Jake Berger should be the guy that we flip. But, you know, as his stock is high and as as he's healthy and there's a log jam at third, and I know Makata's in and out of the lineup a lot with, you know, his ticky-tack injuries that he'll get or whatever he's got because that's what his career has been. Um, he's, He's signed here for a long time. I think he's got another six years or seven years on the deal he signed. So you're looking at third base as kind of being a log jam and you're not, you're not really, we don't have a spot for you. If you can't play second and you're not going to be playing in the outfield and we've got a DH rotation right now, really with whatever they decide to do with Aloy and Vaughn and how that's all going to shake out. Um, unless you keep a Jake burger and go, we really feel like we really feel like, uh, um, um, Jose's going to be done soon. I, I mean, those are things. I think God, I'm not a GM. It's like, okay, when do you think this guy's going to be done? And when it's like, well, it's one thing I think you just, you can't, you have to somehow separate the emotion, which is easier said than done. You mm-hmm. know, the, the Jake Berger story is an amazing story. And, you know, here's a guy that you drafted that's gone through everything that he has gone through and he, he's up at the bigs and he's, and in small sample, he, he you know he can he can play. Okay, we're, we'll we'll see some of the power uh, come, but you know he looks he looks comfortable. He doesn't look like a fish out of water. Um, that's tough, you know. When when a team is like, hey, we need a third baseman, 
Mm-hmm. And we are guessing that you don't have a path for Jake Berger long term. Yeah. Um, th- yeah, you're right. Those are difficult decisions that are going to be made over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jake Berger uh, did not play uh, when we saw Houston last time. Uh, few people actually did produce and really play um, the last time we saw Houston. Houston comes to town for a three game series and boy, uh, this is a big one out of the gates. Uh, last time the Sox met Houston, uh, it was in Houston, and we were swept in a four-game series, outscored 27-8. to eight. Uh, The Sox had eight runs and 22 hits in that series, which is about uh, five a game. Uh, offensively, it was a, it was a rough four-game series, Pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to a little home cooking here, right? And, and uh, you know, th- those are the kind of things you, in, in football terms, you just throw the tape away and burn it and never watch it again, right? That's that's a four-game series that you just, you, you you crumble it up, you put it in a bag, you put it in the ocean, let it sail away and never never talk about it again. So uh, this is a new day. We'll see uh, We'll see how the, the Sox come out of the break. And if they've got the the same drive and the same uh, energy and flow and mojo that they had going into the break, um, you know, and and a little rest and relaxation could be good or, you know, that momentum could have been stopped by the break. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, a, a guy that was really cooking before the break, uh, talking about him at the beginning of this episode, Tim Anderson. A lot of people believe that the way T.A. goes is the way this team goes. Uh, he was one for 16 in the Houston series back in June with, uh, I think, five strikeouts. Uh, Abreu, two for 14 in the series with a handful of strikeouts. Mancada, three for 13 uh, in the series. And Lurie Garcia, who's been, uh, he's come along. You know, he's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, ebbs and flows. And he's been he's been high lately. Uh, he didn't even play in the series. Um, so, you know, the Sacks are number two overall in pitching uh, in, in the AL. Houston's number three. So we're, we're neck and neck with pitching. Uh, this is where the difference maker is. Houston is number one in overall offense in all of Major League Baseball. Sacks are sitting at uh, number seven. Uh, and I, and you know, remember I mentioned that run diff that the Sox have coming into break, which is a pretty damn impressive run differential at plus one seventeen. Well, Houston uh, is plus one thirty six. Um, they hit, they can score runs, they hit for power. Uh, they exposed every weakness uh, that the Sox had uh, last series, Pat. Yeah, and again, it would have been fun to go up against teams like this with our our full slate of a lineup that we have. But we've got what we got. And to be honest with you, until you put this uh, the uh, the 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 show run as you always do mm-hmm. and do a, a wonderful job, uh, I, I it's shocking to me to say the Sox are number seven because mm-hmm. looking at the guys that are running out there every day. Uh, and, and the holes that are frankly in the lineup, but guys that step up, just different guys step up from day to day that are in the lineup, out of the lineup, playing this position one day, playing this position the next day. That's shocking. And it's just a credit to the team and how well they've done. It's, it's somewhat amazing. So, you know, it's, this series will be one on the mound, Nick, it will be one oh, yeah. on the yeah. mound because uh, honestly, 
you know, with with the fact that we got outscored like we did, the, the pitching didn't hold up their end of the bargain, neither did the offense, but we're going to really have to pitch our ass off over the next, uh, over these three games to, to win this series. Yeah, uh, last time uh, we faced Houston, the Sox threw Cease, Rodon, Lynn, Keuchel, and really uh, the only game that was close was that Friday night game. Rodon was he was electric, and we lost two to one. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest were pretty lopsided. Uh, the Sox, as we record uh, this podcast here, episode one fifteen, the Sox haven't announced uh, their starters. We can guess in just a moment. Uh, however, Houston seems to have theirs lined up. Um, they're going to throw McCullers, Odorizzi, and Valdez. Now, McCullers uh, and Valdez, we saw uh, last time. Uh, so, you know, maybe a little fam- familiarity um, by our Sox hitters. They can go back to some film. Uh, second time around could be the charm. Uh who are we going to throw against Houston, Pat? Um, you want to go first on this? What do you Where do you think this rotation is going to is going to look like? Well, I, I would look at it this way, and um, I could be convinced to change it. This is maybe not the way I would draw it up in terms of the way I'd like it to go, but I just think just because the the way it's the the All Star game went, I think it's going to go Rodon, Geo, Lynn, then Cease, then Dallas Keuchel, and Lynn uh, after Geo only for the reason of that uh, that Lynn pitched in the all-star game. Now you could look at that one inning and I'm, I don't know how many pitches it was. You could look at that as a, a regular, you know, a, um, you know, a side session during a regular week. Um, but that would put Lynn, I believe if he pitched third in the rotation, that would put him on regular five days rest technically after pitching in the all-star game. But again, it was one inning and probably less than 20 pitches. So you could probably say, you know, I would like it to go Rodon, Lynn, then Geo. But, uh, but again, that could flip-flop just depending on how they want to play it because Lynn pitched in the All-Star game. Yeah, I, I, I get those points, and uh, that is a, a smart thought. I think that one inning, though, was nothing that oh, you're could probably, probably right. yeah. uh, like you had mentioned, it could be just a side session. It didn't seem like he labored much at all. I, I would put Rodon, Lynn, um, and, you know, and then I'm thinking Keiko. You know, Rodan, really? Lynn, Keiko, lefty, righty, lefty, hmm. and then Geo, and then Cease. Um, so is it more based on the righty, lefty change up in, in terms of, uh, okay, I got you. And, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like Keiko, his, he's kept guys off balance. You know, he doesn't have that swing and miss stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think at, at, at some point we just have to say, you know, this is the geo that we have. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's going to have a stronger second half, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm, he's not our, he's not our fifth. I'm putting him at number four. Cease I'm putting at five, which is still a pretty good five. Mm-hmm. And, and Keuchel I'm, I'm with just, just because of his moxie and uh, you know, I, but then, but now, see, I can talk myself out of Keiko though, and I could flip Geo because we are going to see a Keiko that hasn't got, he's logging some innings now for the first time in a long time. He hasn't logged this many innings, you know, because yeah. he had that half year in 2019 where he didn't pitch and then he joined Atlanta. And then, of course, last year was, you know, just a 60 game. So 
I, I can, I can, these are things that I'll wrestle with if, if I switch Keiko and Geo, but it'll be interesting to see what the sacks do. Yeah, it'll be, and it'll also be interesting to see, you know, in that type of situation, if, if Dallas Keiko gets to the point where maybe he can only go four innings, is it a, is it a, uh, Kopech Keiko like tag team situation? Mm. Yeah. Where you stretch, where you stretch Kopech out a little bit more, try and get him to work two, three innings in, in a game. Maybe yeah. not, you know, and, and stretch him out a little bit more in terms of his appearances. So, you know, have him go longer in the game, but maybe you've got a gap in between the next time he's available. Yeah. So it'll be all interesting to see how uh, Tony and, and and Dr. Katz decide to uh, to play this out here. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be three with Houston and then Minnesota and then uh, three at Milwaukee uh, for our White Sox. So a fairly uh, fairly challenging schedule out of the gates. Cleveland, uh, who of course uh, we are up eight games on, they've got Oakland uh, to start the second half, and then they have Houston. So uh, oh, they, pretty, yeah, they don't have anything easy either. Nothing, nothing easy. So. Uh, again, you want to take care of your own business, but if you are looking as we all are right now at what Cleveland's got, they've got some, they've got a challenging second half schedule at the beginning here. Yeah. I see Cleveland, you know, maybe not playing as bad as they did, uh, before the break, but I just don't, I don't know where they're, where they're going to be able to keep up enough momentum and, and hit the ball enough because, Again, we keep looking at this run differential and we're going to talk about it to our blue in the face. Probably about the only metric that I've kind of really gravitated to <laughs> that I care about and understand anymore because, you know, it just relates to to winning teams that's proven out. So this run diff and they're still a minus that, that, that tells me that they're not going to be much of a uh, of a challenge really until they until they can prove that they can start hitting the ball. And yeah, that's the way it's going to be. They yeah. may be a thorn in our ass when we play them, but for the rest of the league, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, eight games, but anything, anything can happen still. Uh, we will see Cleveland at the end of July. Uh, they come to town and uh, boy, we hope Aloy uh, is on the club at that point. Um, Pat, I, I hope you and I can get back on these mics and recap the Houston series. Uh, if you're up for it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm contractually obligated to, Wonderful. so I'll be here. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, folks, thank you uh, so very much for joining us once again for Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. If you enjoy what you heard, which we hope you did, uh, please pass this podcast along. Give it one of those five-star ratings so other Sox fans can find it. You can always check us out on the ShyCitySports.com website. Uh, find us on Twitter at GoodGuysTV. We also have a Facebook fan page. Uh, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox! Go Sox!